I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you have an idea of where you want to end up in your career, but don't know how to get there? Have you perhaps tried smart goal setting and found that it doesn't really work for you? And just so you know, I mean smart as in the acronym. At My Millennial Career, we would always advise that you set smart goals, like intelligent goals. Uh, Anyway, in today's episode, Shell and M will share their three-step guide on how to achieve your career goals, and they'll also discuss why it's important that your goals align with your values. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelly. I'm a HR professional. Hey, M. Hey, Shell. I'm Emily and I work at Forsyth's Recruitment and HR with, I guess, a background in recruitment and customer experience. That's probably how I would summarise. And a lot of other things in a mix with that. Plenty of other things. Hey, so it's been a while between drinks, Em. A long time I've missed you. I've missed you too because you've been snowboarding on mountaintops in Canada. Makes me sound cool, doesn't it? You are pretty cool. Yeah, I try to be just... Not the best snowboarder ever, but it sounds cool. It does sound cool. It sounds cooler than, you know, catching public transport. <laughs> totally. But we also had a, a live event. We got to a we little did. five minute slot there. So that was fun. Thanks, Glenn, for that five minutes. So generous. So generous. So today, what are we talking about, Em? Today, we're talking about achieving your career goals. Nice one. Career goals is something we've talked quite a lot about. And in prepping for this episode, we've looked at a few key steps of how you actually go about achieving your career goal. And when I think about, I guess, career goal setting, it reminds me of school. Do you remember like the career counsellors back in school days? Yes, especially when you were getting into year 10 and HSC or choosing maybe to leave school and go and do something else. Absolutely. It's a long time ago now for me. It's a very long time. Today's not that. Not that. (laughs) So we're going to give lots of practical tips, but also talk about some of the key things around your values and how that influences how you set goals. Would it be controversial of me, Shell, to also say we're not doing smart goal setting? No smart goals. No smart goals. We're going to be looking at them a little bit differently to those traditional smart goal setting. And basically, we've made a couple of assumptions in preparing for this app. The first one is that you have a career goal of some description. If you don't, go back, have a think. The way we've defined career goals is just something that you want from your career. Nice and simple. And what we might even do is we might write a blog and put a bit of a link in the show notes so that then if you are working out what your career goals are, there's some prompt there because we're not going to talk through how to work out a goal today. Great. Cool. All right. Well, let's jump in. So the first step in achieving your career goals is to actually test that you have the right goal in the first place. And the way that we do this is assess your goal against one of your personal values. Em and I often, like we see this quite a lot in our roles in HR, in recruitment. And I was talking with someone the other day who had set this big career goal of becoming a chief marketing officer. And so they'd worked their way up in the marketing industry. 
but one of their core life values is balance and spending a lot of time with their family. And so when they finally achieved that goal that they'd set, you know, years and years ago and realized, actually, my goal of becoming the chief marketing officer requires me to work 60 plus hour weeks every week, but my value is balanced time with my family. And those two things don't actually align. And in fact, they're competing against one another. That happens so regularly for people. They finally achieve their goal and it wasn't what they'd expected or it didn't actually connect with who they are as a person and what they value. And so that's one of the things we want to kind of work through today is how do you actually test whether your career goal, once you achieve it, are you even going to want to be there? Because does it actually connect with your values? And so Em, you and I have talked about that a lot and you've given me some great advice over the time that we've known each other around how do you actually connect those dots? So can you tell me what are your values and how have you used that in your career? My values, I've, I didn't just wake up one morning and know these and I certainly didn't come into the workforce and have this clarity. But over time, I think much like the person you were speaking with recently in that marketing role, sometimes, often, you're going to have experiences that with reflection allow you to identify a value that has always been there innately and you just hadn't tested it or hadn't been pushed before. It hadn't been challenged. It hadn't had that sense of dissonance. And so you hadn't actually been able to put your finger on how it contributed to you being happy or unhappy. So my values, I have worked out that actually I really need a sense of independence. I really need a sense of influence and the ability to leave an impact that goes beyond myself. So those things are really important to me, along with actually this really internal, I guess, innate or underlying desire to help people help themselves. So what I've found over my career so far, and these I know these will evolve in time, but I have found that actually when I'm making decisions, when I'm setting goals, when opportunities are available, because I know those things about myself, assess that goal ahead of time before I start working towards it or as I'm working towards it, keep checking back in and go, am I still ticking those boxes? Then I'm more likely to continue to feel really satisfied and happy. And the moment that I feel a level of discontent or something's not quite right, the first place I go is to those things and I check why is that the case? If I feel like something's missing, I make a more logical assessment of whether or not that's just going to be temporary and I can get through it or it seems to be setting in more permanently and I need to have a look at how I might be able to course correct. It's interesting because in terms of those values, sometimes they actually compete. So you might have, if we go back to that example before, and I guess one of your values, M, is influence and having an impact. That might be one value. And then the other one is balance. And so for the person pursuing that like senior role in a marketing capacity, they're going in and looking at and weighing up those two. And maybe for a time you could go, you know what, I'm happy to sacrifice the balance component of my values in order to have an impact for this maybe five year period. In which case afterwards, I'm going to reevaluate and reassess where I'm at. Have you had to do that yourself in your kind of career so far? Like, and how have you done it? Yeah, absolutely. And that word sacrifice rather is so important because when you're working towards a goal and you're actually achieving, you, you have more chance of achieving that goal if you are willing to make sacrifices. And in any moment when you're faced with a decision, you have to know or are you going to be much better off if you know what you're giving up, but what you're getting. So for me, I actually, 
probably about to bare my soul a little bit here. Go on, bare your soul. <laughs> Put it and, out there. Uh, and you know what? Maybe if I feel like this doesn't come out right, we can edit it out. But I think it's going to be okay. I don't need in my career to manage people. I am in a leadership role, but I don't necessarily have that need or that really full sense of happiness from managing and leading people. And what I've had to contend with in my own mind over time is the fact that in order to continue to have an impact bigger than myself, but also to have the level of influence that I really enjoy, that comes with managing people as a responsibility. So I have struggled with that and I've had to reconcile that. And interestingly, one way I've reconciled it is to change my perspective and just my mindset and the way that I look at that and go, well, another value of mine that I talked about is more altruistic around helping people help themselves. So if I reframe the management and leadership of people as a bit of a trade-off to having that impact and influence as an opportunity to help people help themselves, I can get my head around that and I can enjoy it so much more. And that has been a real process for me to go through over a long time. That's such a good example, Em, because... So many people in their career see the leadership management of people as just the natural progression. So it's like this linear pathway where, okay, well, I'm a specialist. I'm really highly skilled technically in my role. And the next step is to lead the team. And I think that's not for everyone. And I love that you've kind of done that processing of, okay, well, it connects to some of my values of having an impact. So I've worked that through. It doesn't have to be that traditional pathway of you go from specialist to manager to senior leadership. I think there's a lot more scope now in the workforce to find your right fit and it doesn't have to be in people management or leadership. No, and even if that's something that you have come with the opportunity to fulfil your other values, it's okay but work out how you can connect that to some part of you that is really meaningful or it's not going to be sustainable. So we've done that assessment now to look at, all right, here's our goal. How does it connect to our values? What's our next step, M? So this is the stage at which you take stock of your current state. This is where you work out, I've got my end goal. I know it aligns to my values. Where am I at now? And what needs to happen between those two points? The way I would do that is to actually come up with your roadmap of smaller goals and essentially create for yourself a bucket list of things to do. So your career bucket list. Nice. I love that. So the first thing I would do to create that bucket list and that I guess that roadmap is to go to seek. So if you are somebody that has identified, we'll continue with the marketing example, perhaps uh, if that was your goal to become a chief marketing officer, go to seek, look up chief marketing officer job advertisements, go to LinkedIn and find profiles of people who are chief marketing officers or similar job titles and use that as your own to-do list to start ticking off. So good. At the point that you hit about 70%, maybe 70 to 80, but 70% is fine as a baseline of having achieved those things. That's the point at which you can start applying for those roles. You've talked about that quite a bit of when you're applying for roles externally, you don't need to meet all the criteria. And that's something people, people get so hung up on. I don't meet some of those key selection criteria points, I'm not going to apply. You've got to be in it to win it. So you don't want to waste your own time or theirs if it's less than about 70%. But if it's 70 to 80 or more, 
you don't know your competition. Why not jump in, throw your hat in the ring? And I'd apply the same thinking if you were looking to change careers. So your career goal might not be linear. It might not be to climb the marketing ladder. It might be to change careers. Same thing. Go and have a look at LinkedIn profiles. Go and have a look at job ads and use that to create your to-do list, your bucket list for the year or for the period that you're going to take to achieve your goal. And that gives you really tangible steps. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it really clear of, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, Z this year. Yeah. And then these things next year and I'm on my path. As long as those things relate to your values, right? Totally. Yep. Because we're always checking back in on that. Nice. What would you do though, Shell? I would start to raise awareness of my career goals. Oh, you're the conversation person. Oh, yeah. I'd be having all the conversations with the right people. Of course. (laughs) In the right way. Yeah. (laughs) So, I'd be talking to maybe if I've got a mentor in my world, I'd be talking to them about what I'm seeking and hoping to achieve. I'd be talking to my boss. Now, for some people that might be a little bit, feel a little bit controversial because the job you might be going for, it might be their position. But it's still having those conversations. So to say, you know what, one day I would love to be in a senior leadership role in this industry. So it's non-threatening. It's not going in. I've, I've had one example actually where a girl had said, you know what, my long-term goal is to be in your job. Flattering. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. But you can still have that conversation in a way that doesn't make them feel off-put, I guess. But don't the other way I think about it, if I'm coming to you, Shell, you're my boss and I'm saying, I want your job. You don't want to be doing what you're doing forever. I mean, I'm making an assumption, but I think I know you well enough to know that based on what I can see in your career to date, chances are you're not going to continue to sit in the same seat in the same business for the next 20, 30, 40 years. So look, this person hopefully wasn't saying I'm coming in to get rid of you to be in your job in the next six months. I think that's a very different conversation. If it's more of a, I've got this five-year plan or I've got this big career goal, I've worked out that's my ultimate end goal. I'd love to pick your brain about what you did, how you got there. That's that's the flattery. Yeah. And that's a uh, that's a really nice conversation to have because uh, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll do all that I can to help you get there. And so it is talking to your boss about those long-term goals. Even if they're not necessarily prompting you to do it, take that step and have that conversation with them. Talk to your partner. I think all those people in your network can rally around you. They can be cheerleaders helping you to achieve that goal and hold you accountable when you're doing things that maybe don't align with that goal. Like for example, if you're looking at jumping ship to another organization, they're like, well, no, that's not, again, that's not aligned to where you're headed. Having those people in your network is a great way and letting them know of your goal is a great way to get there. And your partner will therefore better understand, because this is sort of moving into your personal life then, better understand why you might want to spend your time on the weekends, your time after hours, your money, whatever it might be that is a shared resource between you, better understand why you're doing those things. And that's going to be much more sustainable. Totally. So step two, this is where you're coming up with your roadmap and your bucket list. But remember, it's going to take hard work. So there's going to be a lot of effort. It's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to take time once you've put that together to actually be feeling like you're making progress in working towards that end goal. Effort, time, discomfort. Step three is that you need to own your goal. Yep, own your own career. Own M. This is like your life passion. My tagline. It's, like, it's your tagline. If it, if it'd be on your signature, be like own your own goal. Yeah, or you know when they say, if you were a billboard, what would it say? Own your own career. There's got to be something <laughs> about your that, I face, think. Yeah. Like blown up being like, excuse me, you need to own this. <laughs> I wouldn't say it like that. Yeah, no, of course. 
<laughs> so what does this mean? What does this mean to you, Shell? Well, I guess it, it's really that responsibility rests with you. Sometimes in organisations, we can assume that it's on our manager to find us the goals and the opportunities. Oh, especially once we've told them what we want. We'll just sit back. They'll bring a silver platter out. They'll give us some options. Isn't that what happens? <laughs> yeah, I, I wish. But unfortunately, it doesn't happen like that, does it? It's, it's much more driven by the person. And you talk about this thing that I love of career self-reliance. Can you unpack that a bit about how that relates to this goal of and, and this step of owning it? Absolutely. And I would also say that step two, if you do those things, that is career self-reliance because you're actually going, coming up with that list to do as opposed to going to your boss and saying, give me the position description, tell me what to do, pay for these opportunities for training and development. You're creating that list yourself. You're also going and starting those conversations as you recommended, Shell, with mentors, with your boss, with your partner. That is owning it. That is career self-reliance. Once those things have happened though, it's actually getting in there and executing the plan that you've come up with. Your career is long term. So as you're owning it, as you're moving through the world with a sense of strong career self-reliance, I also encourage you to remember that this is not a 12-month plan, a five-year plan. It's actually, let's call it on average, a 40-year endeavor. It's a marathon that you're on. It's not yeah. a sprint. And so absolutely come up with a bucket list as we've talked about that is maybe 12 months long and then reassess and come up with your next 12-month bucket list to hit that end goal. But all the while remembering these are mini sprints to get you through that marathon. And there will be times where it will feel like you're making really great progress it's a bit like interval training if we just continue with this um, this sporting analogy. John would love it. But there are also times where you're going to back off and you're going to feel like that slog is still happening, that effort is still happening, that discomfort is really there. But time and patience are your friend. One of the things that you can do in this space of owning your career goal is to take some of those stretch opportunities that might come your way. So it might be the thing of at work there's a big project on, it might be much more challenging, it might be bigger than maybe something you've worked on before, but actually taking that time to an initiative, jumping in, doing something that's a bit uncomfortable, even if maybe you're not remunerated for it, it might be a higher duties type of thing, but you're showing that initiative going, I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow, and I'm going to pursue this opportunity, even if it, it requires a little bit more of me than I've had to give before. Could it even be one of those occasions where there might be an event to attend or an extracurricular, as I like to call them, that takes some of your time before work, after work, or on the weekends. And so, therefore, you're the person that's going along to that event that the business is putting on and being the gopher, and it's not overly glamorous, and it's in your own time. Something like that could be one of these opportunities as well. Yeah, it's those above and beyond things. Maybe where you're sacrificing something. Yeah, and that's coming back to, well, what do I value? If this stretch opportunity is going to help me have a bigger impact, if that's one of my values, then I'm going to do it. And I'm going to go, and it's kind of what you're saying, Em, of leaning into some of the discomfort, but that's going to get you closer to your career goal at the end of the day. So pretty simple, Em, we've got three steps. Do you want to recap what they are? Absolutely. One, test you have the right career goals, by understanding what your values are and how they align. Step two, check your current state and map out your bucket list that's going to move you towards that end career goal. And step three, own it. Thanks, Em. We are introducing a new segment to our show. Each episode, we're going to highlight either 
a HR horror story or a career fairy tale. And this time we're highlighting a career fairy tale from one of our listeners. We were so stoked to see this come through the My Millennial Money Facebook group, which is where you can send through stories, questions. It's from Alyssa Ward. Shout out to Alyssa. Yes. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for sending this through. We heard from Alyssa that she'd listened to the resume episode and the interview episode, and then she landed her job. And wasn't it the day after the interview that she got the call up with the job offer? Yes. So, so crazy. They must have absolutely loved her. And I think they did say to her from her story, what she told us is that they loved her resume. They loved the questions that she asked at interview, which she she actually she did a little video to share with us that she created all these questions or listed them down as she listened to us in the episode and then put them onto post-it notes before she went in. Wow. So, you know, props for prepping. Very cool. So good. And I, we were just so happy to hear when people have those career wins and career fairy tales, as we're calling them. It's so good. So congratulations to Alyssa. So good to hear your story. And if you do have questions, comments, stories that you'd like to share with us, please jump on the My Millennial Money Facebook group or you can get in touch with us via Instagram, My Millennial Money. Absolutely. And we'll be back with some more internal career movement. And I think we might even have an episode coming up down the track on parental leave as well. So looking forward to all those things. Great. Thanks, Em. Thanks, Shell. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.